Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in Cars going to festivals. So it took all of what, 24 hours for us to get our first request for a topic, I think it was? Yeah. And so today we're going to respond to a, a, a basic prompt of how do we rekindle inspiration now that things are reopening, now that we're coming back to. Um, a place of rework, I guess. Um, how is it that we start to build that inspiration and sort of deepen what we're doing? And what projects are we working on again? Yeah, and I think uh, it's worth talking about, too, the, the first part of that prompt was that we fall back into things out of comfort. We do. And so I think a lot of us found that our, our habits were disrupted during the pandemic. Um, and there were things that we that were part of like our, our normal daily practice that we ended up losing. And what of those have we fallen back into because it's what we're used to doing? And I think there's something to be said too for how we how we approach those things and how they are working for us now. Right. Yeah, there, there was a period at the start of the pandemic where a lot of my stuff kind of went into overdrive for a little bit, and then the bottom fell out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and other people I know had the opposite experience where the bottom fell out of it first, and then they sort of kicked into gear after that. Um, and so it's been a lot of that it's going to be different for everybody, I think. Yeah, I think for me, the so I lost a lot of my um, like daily practice during the pandemic, and one of the things I've started falling back into out of comfort is this morning light a candle um, thing, and it's not gone well <laughs> um, but it is something that in the past has brought me comfort and when I do it it is good um, and so for me it's I feel like I'm not even to that rekindling inspiration point yet like I'm just not there yet I'm trying to figure out how to settle back into what in the past has worked and has brought me that comfort yeah I uh I had a slightly different experience when you talk about lighting a candle because I continued my Flame of Hope work 
all the way through most of this pandemic. I only ended it back in January of this year. So for a year into that pandemic, I was managing that flame of hope process. Um, and the interesting thing about that is that it became harder to do more. So in the past, I, I'd be able to occasionally record a video or do something additional to kind of go along with that. Um, but it was, I was able to really just kind of get to subsistence with it um, at the start of that. And that project is mostly over. It still lingers, um, as sometimes these projects do. Um, but I, I have... I've started the process of that rekindling at this point by picking up new things to, to work through. Um, it's become... It's become a different experience for me um, than what I had early on in the pandemic. And I think some of that has to do with the, the reopening process. It's giving me more avenues to do that sort of thing. Um, and sometimes when you have more avenues, you have more ways to get there. Um, I think that helps me in a lot of ways, is just finding new ways to set a foot on the path. For me, it's really helped. So when you mentioned your Flame of Hope work continuing to go okay, um, that was more, at least my understanding of it, is that it was for other people in a lot of ways. It was. Um, and so for me, while I lost a lot of my personal practice um a lot of my work for others ramped up yeah um and like for instance in i don't know july or august last year i started writing this children's education program um and i finished it i don't know a month and a half ago yeah um and so like that was very much it's for other people and has been something that I was really able to focus and work on, um, but does not super apply to my personal practice. Like, it's useful for family stuff, um, but was not a, like, holding my own in my own sense of spirituality. Yeah. And... If folk are interested in that, you'll be presenting on that at Wellspring, too. I'm so. presenting on that at Wellspring, and it'll be getting published sometime between late summer and early fall. I'm waiting to hear back from publishers, and if I don't, then I'm self-publishing. So, yep. sometime in, in that time frame, it'll be coming out. Um, and speaking of Wellspring, it'll also be virtual this year, so you can attend it from wherever you are. Uh, but the... Uh, I, I would agree with that, that it was really stuff for others that kind of kept me going as well. It was mostly what I was doing. And, but even that, I mean, there, there's only so much that you can do. There's only, we've talked before about, you know, you, you can't draw water from an empty well. You can't share light from an extinguished flame. Yeah. Um, and so as the pandemic wore on, even that stuff started to, to slip here and there. And it will because, you know, it's not every day you get to engage in a year plus long trauma experience. And, <laughs> figure out how to work at it so but one of the things that I have found in 
trying to rekindle some of that work is that there are always new projects to dive into. And I think I actually sent you a graphic today of, you know, have a great idea, start a new project, tell everyone about it, and then skip the part where you finish it and go back to having another great idea. That, that whole process happens a lot, and not everything gets off the ground. Um, I feel like a lot of times you and I are similar in that we have lots of project ideas and just throw them all at the wall and wait to see what sticks. <laughs> that's very true. Um, I, I know, for example, at the start of the pandemic, I fell out of our visor and the microphone our microphone bounced on the ground and fell out in between the seats so we lost our audience for a moment into the the depths of your car (laughs) that was kind of amusing (laughs) but yes we, we have a lot of projects and we're very I think idea oriented um But what I'm finding now is that, again, with more avenues open, I'm able to make more things stick than I was before. Like, at the start of the pandemic, I would have some good ideas and some terrible ideas about things I wanted to do. And it took me a little while to get started on, this is what I'm going to do for the pandemic. And it ended up being 100 days of live video feeds of prayers, which was exhausting and difficult and yet we did it um I did it and um that one stuck but there were a lot of other things that didn't like I sent physical mailings out to people early on um I think I got three or yeah about three of those out um to to some people and then I would get started writing something and I just wouldn't finish it that was a really common thing. I would, I would, I would start moving on something, and then it just wouldn't go anywhere else. And I think that's probably that's probably the hallmark of the creative process in the pandemic for me. Yeah. Is I could start a lot of stuff, and then I just wouldn't finish it. So I think, as far as rekindling things now, it's been like I said, kind of a failed and slow process for me at the moment. But when I've had to rekindle things in the past, I've gone from the small things that I do anyways and try to enliven them in some way. I'm not great at starting from scratch. Um, And so I take what I'm already doing and modify it in some way. Yeah, I do a lot of that as well. When the uh, when the pandemic started, I had just moved. So I, I'd moved from a place where I had this beautiful home altar um, into a new house where the that kind of altar space just wasn't there. Um, not to mention, because my wife was working out of the, the master bedroom, the, the whole bedroom space was mostly off-limits to me during the day. And so figuring out how to completely reshift my prayer process was a major hurdle and it's really only now that I'm looking at 
what I have available to me in terms of space and in terms of um, ways to improve that space uh, that I can start to, to really kind of dive into a serious kickstart of home shrine work because I can actually have a shrine now which I couldn't do before um, not in the same way I um, am looking forward to getting back to playing music which is a big source of like my inspiration um, and I think the thing that's going to kickstart me there is a deadline because Thex asked me to play a Bardic set at Wellspring which means that I have to actually pick up my guitar and play regularly for like the next two weeks <laughs> so you can actually so that I can have a, a formulated practice set for Wellspring and I'm hoping that that's going to kickstart me enough to bring that back to, to regularity yeah. Um, but yeah I work really well with deadlines for things and I'm really good at establishing artificial deadlines like I can convince myself that something is due in a month and we'll be able to get that thing done, even if it's a deadline that I'm the only one who decided it was there. And so I think that might be a key for me, trying to rekindle things is like come up with a project, which those are in generally good supply. Yes. And then committing to do it within the next month, that might be a, a method for me. <laughs> yeah, I do pretty well with self-imposed deadlines but I'm really good with deadlines that other people have pushed on me those help a lot yeah. um, especially if I have someone who's willing to poke me from time to time and say hey but I have managed to start I've managed to kind of get back to some of the project types that I've wanted to do for years and I'm actually making some headway on them now which I wasn't doing before um I signed up for a new class on gender and intersectionality, which is fabulous, taught through the University of Iceland. Now that everything is online, you can actually find stuff like that to, to do for fun. And the other thing that I started working on was uh, a, another podcast project that has been in the works in my head for years, but never got down onto paper. And now, thanks to the pandemic, I have a lot more tech available to me so I can start mucking about with stuff like that. So now I'm recording a bunch of weird, useful, and unusual meditations uh, to, to help people find new and interesting ways to engage in a, a useful meditative state that's a little bit different than usual, <laughs> to say the least. There'll be more on that to come, I'm sure. But in a lot of ways, for me, it's been also regathering because coming into physical close-ish yet still distance but close-ish contact with people and sharing physical space with them I mean right now we're driving off to our uh, Druid Moon right which will be again hybrid and more or less in person that has helped me in a lot of ways to, to kind of refocus and reframe and it's, it's given me a little bit more, it's given me the connection that my religion requires to go back to last week's topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I also thrive on that connection specifically to other people in these cases, which is one of the reasons why, like, this podcast is great for me, 
is because it allows us to bounce ideas off each other um, for hours and hours, which is a great way to just kind of throw those projects against the wall and have someone tell you that's a bad idea, don't do that, or that's really great, let's try it. <laughs> I, I so rarely tell you that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that just means that when you do, it's really a bad idea. <laughs> I, I'm way more likely to say, oh yeah, let's try that. <laughs> but I, I think... I like bad ideas, what can I say? <laughs> I think... I think as people start moving towards um, having a better connection with each other, whether that's because they're meeting in person again, or whether that's because they've hit a point with their technology where things are really working for them yeah. virtually. So whichever way that is going for you, I think um, deepening that connection with other people is a great way to inspire creativity and inspiration within yourself that you can then feed into your practice. It is. And it's, you, you mentioned getting the technology to work for us. Um, one of the really cool things, of course, is we get, we, we now have the opportunity to see how a lot of other people do a lot of things. Like, I could drop in on a grove on the West Coast and see what they're doing. Or I can Skype with a friend or... Um, connect via Zoom or even Facebook video messenger and that kind of connection too which you know we, we always had the option to do before but it was a whole lot weirder then these days a, a quick video conference with someone is not nearly as weird as it used to be and so the ability to build those connections is significantly improved and I think that's going to be at least for me, that's what's really going to pull out a lot more of this stuff is that ability to connect. Yeah, I think if I were to, like, give a recommendation for someone, that would probably be the key recommendation is to schedule time to sit down with other people, whether that is in person, if you're comfortable and you're at a place where that's okay, or consciously making that decision to set aside time over, like, a video chat and talk about what you're doing in your practice because when other when you hear what other people are doing that's a great way to bring pieces of their ideas to life in your own practice speaking of you know what we should really do we should really get our small group of clergy back together and do one of the the clergy mountain journeys we should because we haven't done that in a little while either. That fell, that we started doing that in the pandemic, and then we trickled off on that. And that might be a good thing for us to do again. Well, the good news is I think Mount Journey is tomorrow, so yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll do it. We'll see. Um, but yeah, there are lots of ways to connect, and even if all you can do is drop a line to someone and say, "Hey, can we hang out for a little while and connect over the." you know, Zoom or something like that. Use that time to, to do some work, to focus, and to, to drive a project that you want to do um, in the way that helps you. Yeah, and I think as much as you can avoid small talk and really kind of dig into the things that are bringing you life right now, the better off I think you are. 
Absolutely. And that's really what you should focus on is things that excite you and bring you joy. And as you say, bring you life. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org. If you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Shipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Beershank. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.